Welcome to the July 17th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 3, and the sermon is entitled, Stepping in Faith, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. The journey that has already been in, uh, in, in order as we've looked through the first two chapters of the book of Joshua. Uh, it's amazing, last week as we uh, looked at how two spies were sent in uh, to Jericho and they met a lady by the name of Rahab there and Rahab worked with those spies and helped conceal them and helped protect them and in turn the spies agreed to look out after Rahab as they would enter Jericho now we took a break a little bit for one chapter from the life of Joshua other than sending the spies chapter 2 had really nothing to do with Joshua but chapter 3, we pick back up as God begins to work. We saw him in, in chapter 2 go before the people. And now today, we see him stepping back in, in the leadership position of the people of God. One of the most moving moments of parenthood, for me anyway, I'm not going to speak for everybody, is watching your children grow. And we document that and we watch them grow and we see them grow up. But one of the milestones of growth is when that young child begins to walk. And how we encourage them to walk and how we uh, want them to take the first step. And we spend the rest of our lives trying to slow them down. It doesn't make real good sense to me, but that's how it happens. But around that first step, we offer encouragement to let go and to take that first step. And a lot of times that child either falls down or begins to crawl. And I've seen some kind of scooch along. And it's funny just to watch the confidence build up until that very moment they turn loose. And then, and then it's over. You're chasing them for the rest of your life. That kind of sets the stage of the Israelite people today. For 40 years, God has tried to get the Israelites to take steps of faith to follow the one true God. And there have been many times through those 40 years, you can read about it in your Bible, where the Israelites followed for a little while and then they turned away. Or they refused to follow and they sat down. And there are even those moments in the Old Testament where we see the people of God pout before God they sat down and they absolutely refuse and so today as we are at a very crucial point of scripture we see after 40 years of culmination the promised land is close the promise of God is there we see the culmination of the wandering in the wilderness we see a new leader that has come to the forefront in Joshua to take the leadership reins we see a heart that is set solely on the Lord. And we see God's promised land just across the river. But today, I want you to know, church, as we look at this scripture today, I want you to view it through your eyes of steps of faith that you need to take. Today, we're going to see a people of God and the promise of God. You're going to see the people of God. You will see the promise of God. And the only thing that stands between them is a river. And I wonder if there's a church in Clifford, Virginia, that has some people of God in it. And they have some things that God wants them to do. But something keeps you from doing that. Something keeps you from letting go 
of everything that you've ever known and taking steps of faith that trust God. Let go of the earthly things. Let go of the physical things and set your eyes on the faithful things. Maybe today there's some people that can relate as God poured this on my heart today. As we look at the title of Stepping in Faith, maybe today there's something that's holding you back, that's holding your family back. Maybe there's an obstacle that you're facing that you know the only way that you will get through it or around it or over it is by the power of an almighty God. Today, tune your ears. More importantly, tune your hearts as we open the bread of life. Joshua, chapter number 3. We are going to look at it in its entirety today, and we're going to take it bit by bit. You will get four points as we talk about stepping in faith. Joshua, chapter number 3, verses 1 through 4. Here's what God's Word says. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest, uh, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Verse number 4. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it that ye may know the way by which you must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore. Point number one today, as we talk about taking those steps of faith, point number one is this, the importance of the presence of God. The important, importance of the presence of God. For 40 years, the wilderness served as home. And I do those air quotations for you guys. Because it was not really home. It served to fill a void that the people longed for, but it truly was not their home. It was not where they were supposed to be. Now, don't answer this question. Don't nod your head. Don't do anything, but I want to ask your question. Are you there? Are you in a spot where you know you should not be, where it's not comfortable and it's not right and you know it, but you stay there? Because it feels avoid why would God leave his people in a spot like this it goes back to the book of numbers and Kadesh Barnea boarded the Canaan land and the people of Israel some 40 years earlier approached the Canaan land before and you know the story we referred to it a couple of times as the 12 spies were sent in 10 of them brought back an evil report and so what that did for the whole nation of Israel, it put the entire nation in a state of disbelief and disobedience before God. I'll give you a little homework. You can write down Numbers chapter 13 and 14, and you can go read that account. But God's question in Numbers chapter 14 is this. How long will they refuse to believe in me? God asked Moses that. How long will they refuse to believe in me? I think God probably could ask that same question to us today. What is it going to take? How long are they going to continue to ignore me? But here, as we fast forward from Numbers to where we have read this morning, 
in the book of Joshua, we see the nation of Israel in a place called Shittim, bordering the Canaan land again. But what is different 40 years later? Look at verse number 3 with me. And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. What's different now is this. The Ark of the Covenant, it was a wooden box. It was overlaid with gold. It had a mercy seat on top. And I want you to know this. There were a pair of gold cherubim on top of it. It was a beautiful thing, but inside that wooden box housed the tablets on which the Ten Commandments were written, a golden pot of manna, and Aaron's budded rod. You can read that in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 4, if you're curious. That's where it's found. But in this box, it didn't symbolize a bunch of things, but what it symbolized to the people of God was this, the presence of God. As that ark was there, it represented God was with his people. And then the commanding officers go forth and tell the Israelites this, when you see the box move, when you see the ark move, what are you to do? You better move. No questions asked, no waiting. When the ark moves, you move. You get up, you follow it, and the ark is going to lead the way, symbolizing God leading his people. But I want you to underline, if you widen your Bible, I hope you do, I want you to underline in, in, uh, in verse number 3 where it says, and go after it. The end of verse number 3. Do you see that? Where it says, go after it. No questions asked. When the ark moves, you move. Where the ark goes, you go. And you are to follow the leading of God. Friends, today as we gather here and we think about that, we think about how hard it is to follow God sometimes. And I say that from this position. To always know where to step and always know where to go. But I want you to see the specific instructions in verse number 4. They are to keep their eyes, they are to follow the ark. But look at verse number 4, what it says. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which you must go. So here is what Joshua tells the people. You are to follow the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the people or the presence of God, but you are to keep your distance. 2,000 cubits would be roughly 3,000 feet. All right, I know the, the, the wheels are turning in our heads, right? That's over a half a mile. Why would, why would they tell them stay over a half a mile back? But in the, in the, in the place uh, where they were, it was flat. They could always keep their eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. They could always see it. But here's what it required them to do. It required them to always look for the Ark. Always look for God to see where it was going. Friends, there are times where I, I feel God's presence right here. And there have been times I had to search God. Where are you? And in those times where I've had to search, God, where are you? Have been the times that brought me closest to God. Because I had to search for him. I had to look for him until I find him. Because I've drifted away. This wasn't a moment of drifting away. But this was a moment of reverence. And always keeping their eyes 
on God. They would need to constantly look, constantly watch where that ark went so they would faithfully follow. Faith should always lead us. The presence of God is always with us. But we too are people who second guess. We too are people who question. And we too are people who are weak and doubt our Savior. So as I wrap up this first point, I want you to look at the end of verse number 4. The last part of verse number 4 says this, For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Joshua says, you've got to look to God because you haven't been here before. You've never been here before. You've got to follow God. Can I share a little personal note with you? In this sermon, on this page, here's what I write. As I write these words on my first official day, the presence of God is vital to this ministry. God is here. We must keep our eyes on Him. June 6, 2022. It was not by accident that my first day I sat down to write this sermon. God says, Jeffrey, you haven't been here before. You haven't done this before. Keep your eyes on me. And here's what God wants to challenge his people. You're going to do things that you've never done before. But you do them through the power and the presence of an almighty God. And if you don't want to do that, that's where you turn back to the wilderness. Go back to the land of disbelief. Go back to the land that is not promised. But you've got to keep your eyes on me. Because I've never been here before. Point number two. Look at verses five through eight. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And, I, and thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. We look at point number two today. When stepping in faith and following God, it's important to know or to have the preparation before God. I want to start with Joshua. Don't laugh here. Go back to verse number 1. Joshua chapter number 3, verse number 1. I'm looking, I got, I got a couple of my staff in here, and I'm glad. I want them to see this verse right here. And Joshua rose early in the morning. I'm not going to dwell too long here because it's going to get me in trouble. How many of you morning people? A couple. All right, I'm a morning person. I'm sorry for y'all that aren't. Y'all missing a lot of the good part of a day. Y'all are. But 
I want you to see that Joshua was an early riser. But here's more important. He just didn't wake up and get his cup of coffee and walk around and get on Facebook and kill time. Here's what Joshua did. Joshua was an early riser who spent that time with God. You will know going forward. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell on myself. I'm looking at chapter 8. That's where I am in my study and in my sermon writing. But in, in chapters uh, uh, 6, 7, and 8, all of them uh, refer to Joshua rising early in the morning. And, and I think in these early morning hours of Joshua's life, that's where it seemed like God moved. God ministered to him. Spiritually, literally early in the morning was Joshua's time with God. But also, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, there's another man who... God worked in early in the morning. His name is Jesus. Listen to what Mark 1.35 says. And in the morning rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. I'm not bashing the people that aren't morning people. But here's what I'm going to tell you, church. Every day should be filled with a moment or moments of time where you spend it with God. If that's 5 o'clock in the morning or if it's 12 o'clock at night, I'll join the 5 o'clock crowd. Somebody else take care of the 12, okay? But listen, every morning, every day, every evening needs to be filled with preparation time. I want you to see Joshua getting prepared to lead the people as he spends time with his God. And Jesus done the exact same thing. And what we read, go back to Joshua chapter 3 now. As we think about what we read in verses 5 through 8, not only was Joshua getting prepared, but the officers in verse number 2, they gave the instructions, they gave the orders to follow the Ark of the Covenant. God was preparing them to be leaders. God was preparing the Israelites. Look at verse uh, number five, 5. Joshua says to the people, sanctify yourselves. The people had to be prepared. Well, how do you prepare, and I'm going to give this number to you, roughly 2 million people to sanctify themselves. To sanctify themselves meant the call was, set yourself apart, God's going to work through you. 2 million people. And as that message goes out, to sanctify yourselves or to set yourself apart, Joshua was calling them to do this, these three, a, a couple things. Number one, go get a bath. Water was not prevalent then. Can you imagine two million people taking a bath? They had to sanctify themselves. The other thing that they had to do was as they were preparing, they had to put on clean clothes. They had to get themselves physically ready. The married couples would abstain from relations with each other because guess what? As they prepared for tomorrow to come, it was all about God. And as it became all about God, everybody had to be on board. Everybody had to be prepared so the people had to themselves be prepared. The priest, as they would carry the Ark of the Covenant, they had to carry it to a Jordan River. And I haven't told you this, we'll get to it in just a minute, but the Jordan River is at flood stage. And as they approached that Jordan River, they would be the ones to lead in the battle, the march, the steps of faith, as they crossed the Jordan River. 
And then Joshua, look at verse number 7. Here's what God tells Joshua. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I'm going to magnify you, Joshua. An 80-year-old man. Now look, this is not a 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. This is an 80-year-old man. And God says, I'm not done with you. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to work through your life as you lead the people of God. And I want you of all the people to be prepared to follow me step by step. Here's what I'm going to do, Joshua. I'm going to solidify you as the leader of this nation. And I'm going to be with you. This was a man that was going to be looked to, to lead. This was a man that was going to be followed by two million people. He had to be prepared, and God promises him that I will never leave you. Can I have your attention, please? I think about some of my preparations for for my day, and I want you to think about yours. I'm not throwing stones here. Sometimes the snooze button's more important than the God time. Sometimes the extra minutes we think in bed will benefit us better than the extra minutes spent in God's Word. Preparation is more than just lunches and clothes and makeup and hair. The preparation to do battle as people of God is one not in church. But when individuals bow before a holy God, whether it's by your bed or in a chair or wherever you do your business with God, on a daily basis. And that's what I'm calling the people of Clifford Baptist Church to do. Do battle, be prepared every day for the work of the Lord. God is going to use us together. That's my heartfelt belief. But the snooze button will not suffice. Let's rise and follow. Be prepared. Be prepared. I've always told my teenagers I will be a good youth pastor if I do two things. Get them to read their Bible every day and get them to talk to Jesus every day. And I think I'll be a good pastor if I get the flock to do the same. Preparation is important, people. As we gather, as we want the will and the work of God to be done in this place, it takes every person to be prepared as it did for Joshua. Everyone had to be prepared. Sanctify yourselves. Set yourself apart. God is about to work. Man, what a rallying cry that is. Let's move on. Look at verse number 9. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. That's seven if I'm counting correctly. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore... Take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every man, or, or out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, 
shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that has come down from above, and they shall stand upon an heap. The third thing that I want you to see when stepping out in faith is this, the importance of the protection of God. As the voice of the leader Joshua rings out, here is the plan of God. But not only does he say that, he says this, the living God is among you. Look at verse number 10. And Joshua said, Joshua said, hereby, you shall know that the living God is among you. That has not changed. Clifford Baptist Church, I'm thankful to say that that has not changed from this place. The living God is here. But what that does call us to do is to look at what Joshua did. Joshua didn't say, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to call you. You follow me and listen to what I say. Nowhere do we see that in Scripture. But here's what Joshua does. He says, we're going to follow God. And as he leads, we will follow him. But here's the protection of God. We think that a flood river is the major uh, obstacle here. It's not. What happens when they cross it and get on the other side? Well, verse number 10 tells you there are seven tribes of people that God is going to take care of. God's going to take care of the armies that wait. You just trust me now. Now, I'm one of these people that overthink things. And I want to know all the details before I make the decision. But I'm also a little bit narrow-minded, so sometimes I'll get focused on the river. But what happens after we cross the river? God says, don't worry about that. I'll take care of it. I've got it. You've got to just trust me to get to the river. Don't worry about all the armies that wait. Trust me to get you through the river first, and then I'll take care of the rest. Today, maybe that resonates with somebody here. Maybe you're looking at the end goal instead of the next step. Maybe you're wondering what's going to happen instead of trusting today. God calls us with his protection to trust him step by step, day by day, time by time. And even, I want you to see this protection. Look at verse number 13. It says, And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord... The Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. Those priests of all the people carrying the ark of faith, as they step out, step by step, guess what? Here's what Joshua tells them. You're going to carry the ark, but here's what you have to do. Before God ever does anything, you've got to step into the flood rivers. You've got to take a step of faith into those raging waters. And then that's when I will begin to work. That's what I see the protection of God. Most people today, the flood waters, what is the message? Get away, stay out, don't go near. And yet God calls his people to go in. Specifically, the priest would be the ones that were carrying the ark of the God. And as the presence of God stepped into the Jordan River, 
that's where God would begin to work. That's when you would see the miracle began. So as Joshua is talking to the priest, step in. Take the step. Go for it. That call today that God will protect you even if you step in the flooded river, if that's where he wants you to be, rings true for these priests. Church today, how many of us have doubted the protection of an almighty God? Because we can't do it or we can't take care of it, care of it ourselves. We just don't do it. That's the easy way out. That's not the godly way. The easy thing is don't do it. Back away, let somebody else do it. But that's not what God calls his people to do. The last point, 14 through 17. And it came to pass, when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as they, and as they that bear the Ark were coming to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water. Here's the key for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks at the time of the harvest. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam that is beside Zaratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even to the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm, listen to this, on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all of Israel, uh, all of the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. The fourth thing when taking a step of faith and following God is this, the importance of the power of God. I may be preaching to the choir here, but I'm going to tell you this. If God is nowhere around it, if God is not in it, it will not be blessed by God. If you leave him out, if you fail to follow him, he will not bless it. It's easy to sit here and overlook the miracle, to chalk it up to a, a good story. That's a good Bible story. A lot of the world would say that. But when we try to understand the power of God, here's what it tells me. Before God could move, before God could perform a miracle, somebody had to get their feet wet. I don't know today who needs to take the step. But God was waiting on them to take the step. Waiting for them to move before His hand of blessing came upon them. The priest had to get their feet wet before God ever started to work. And as soon as their feet were covered, it got to the brim of the river, the Bible says the waters begin to recede. They crossed over on dry ground. It gives us two locations in verse number 16. But for time's sake, here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what God did. Don't miss the power of God. He just didn't drop the river. Can you imagine what two million people trying to cross a pig path river would look like? It would take forever. 
Here's what God did. With those two locations, God built a, a wall of water. And that dry ground stretched some 20 miles long. But what I want to tell you there, we, we can Google pictures of the Jordan River today, and it, it, the James River is bigger than that, it looks like. But in this day, in this time, the normal width of, of the Jordan River was 100 foot wide. At flood stages, it could reach a mile wide. And yet, here's what God did. As those priests stepped out in faith, got their feet wet, God began to do exactly what he said he would do. He would go with them. He would not fail them. He would protect them. And I read this, and I look at a river, and I say, that's, that's impassable. But there's a lot of times I look at things in my life, and I say, that's impossible. God, that can't happen. And so I, I negate the power of what God can do by just simply saying, God, that's not possible. God, that river's not passable. And all God wants you to do is just come to the edge of the river. Get your feet wet and trust Him with the rest. Trust Him with the rest. I don't know what kind of steps that I'm addressing today. But here's what I want to tell you as I close this message down. The Jordan River crossing is not done. We leave, we close the chapter, we close the sermon today with the priest standing in the middle of the Jordan River on dry ground. We're going to leave them there for a week, okay? We'll pick them up next week. If you want to know how the story turns out, come back next week. But what does it tell us today? First and foremost, here's what it tells me. The presence of God. We all must slow down and make sure that we are following God. The preparation, prayer, Bible study, rising up early, staying up late are just moments of time that God gives us to spend with Him. The protection of God, the steps that we need to take, that we need to lean on God's hand of protection in our life and the power of God. We just need to trust it. We need to trust where God leads it. Maybe today, as we think about coming to this moment, it brings us to that point of where should Clifford Baptist Church fit into this? What do we as individuals fit into this? Always look, always trust God no matter what and take the faithful step if it's, if it's truly following God. And maybe today there's somebody here that's looking for someone to lead their life, direct their path, lead their steps. And you're here and you know you need that and you never trusted Jesus Christ to be the one. I'm not twisting your arm. I'm not, I'm not trying to pull you to a, to a Savior. Here's what I want the Holy Spirit to do. I want the Holy Spirit to lead you to a Savior that loves you so. 
I want the Holy Spirit to lead you to a place where you can come and trust Christ as your Savior, as your friend, as the one that will lead you all the days of your life. Today, it's time to do business with God right now. As we come to this moment of invitation, it's not a time to get ready and go. I ask you, don't do that. But in a, a moment of reverence, maybe we take and bow our head and say, God, what's the step I need to take? God, how can I trust you? God, maybe it's me that I just need to get my feet wet. Bring it to God right now as we do business with him. Let's go to the Father. Father God, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word, which calls us to a place that maybe not is so comfortable that calls us to do things that maybe aren't the most popular thing in the world, that calls us to uh, uh, situations, Lord, where you just want us to trust and follow you step by step, day by day. Lord, maybe there are people in this room, Lord, today that need to take steps of faith. Maybe that need, they need to take that in, in church membership. Maybe they need to take that at their job. Maybe they need to take that within their own family. God, as the steps are taken today, as they come to the brim of the water, God, lead people in, I pray, to just trust you one more step along the way. God, I pray for that heart that needs Jesus as Savior. Lord, that the precious blood of Jesus Christ will wash away every sin. God, today, if there's somebody that needs the saving power of a holy God, I pray they come. I pray they take that step as well. Thank you for what you're going to do in this moment of business with you. In Jesus' name. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.